0: Welcome back to the podcast. I have one of my dearest teachers here with me today. Her name is Abby Galvin, and she is the founder of the thestudio.yoga in New York. She has become the teacher to the teachers, and so much of my current understanding of yoga practice at home particularly is a result of the work that I did with her mm, several years ago now. It's been almost nine years since I met you the first time, I believe. So welcome here.
1: Thank you. Yeah,
0: it's really nice to have you here. I am sitting in front of three things. One is Abby's book, which is called Home Practice, very much in my style. If you haven't seen it, it is a beautiful, plain, perfectly gray cover with the words Home Practice on the front. It's spiral bound, of course, to sit on your Uh, Yoga mat, it was designed by Juliana Hazelwood, who's a friend of ours, Uh, produced by Sophia Campana. Contributions, of course, by Alex. Alex, sorry, we love you. So the inspiration for Abby's teaching comes from her teacher, Naveen Mishan, who's also a teacher of mine. And I just want to take a moment to honor Naveen. She's the founder and creator of Katona Yoga. She is one of a kind, really from another planet, I feel. And the way that she communicates is now coming through in many ways in your work and many people's work, frankly. And the way that you've turned her work into something else, there's another flavor that comes through you when her work passes through you. And I really appreciate the differences and I super appreciate the similarities. But this book, Home Practice, is so important, I feel, for people who are practicing at home because it really does introduce the concepts that are the basis of what you do. Life is happening in the body. Life has effects on the body. And if we don't create a practice that actually mitigates those effects, We can't live long. And I think the most important and first order of business, before I name the other two items that are sitting in front of me, which are my first two notebooks with you, the first order of business is to talk about the fact of how the practices that you teach mitigate the effects of living in a body. Can you speak to that?
1: Yeah. Um, Home practice happens to be my favorite part of our practice because this is the practice that you engage in to know yourself. It is the one that's home. Home in a big home way and a little home way. Home as your body is your sanctuary. That you are able to go in and develop an interior world that is already there but perhaps unknown to you. So when you do your home practice, it is ritualized. And when something is ritualized, it leads ultimately to insight. Hmm. And uh, to have... So most of my personal insights come from my home practice because it is where I hear myself. It's where I change the most. It's where I have the insights about my students. It's about where I have my big revelations. It's when I've gone out and participated and spoke and absorbed material that I go back in and integrate it and process it and um, orient myself to it because of it on it. So I um, so there there there's something about home practice being a ritual that um, has changed me.
0: And when it comes to your own home practice, how long is it? What does it look like? Does it vary? It varies. um, Because
1: life varies. Mm. And you wanna be so kind to yourself. When you first start home practice, even if it's for five minutes, the next one can be for 10 minutes. But if you have a sequence, which is what we give people in the book, if we give we give several sequences, you can do that sequence, for example, for five minutes, you can do the same sequence to last for two hours. So home practice is really about how you manage your time. It is time management. And that's why for some people with small children, they're gonna do practice in the morning. For people like me who have, uh, I'm an empty nester, I can do practice whenever I like. And so I can do practice for two hours now, and five, ten years ago, I couldn't. Mm. Jealous, not jealous. <laughs> um,
0: hashtag. Right.
1: Right. <laughs> hashtag I'm a mother. So, right, so it, it really depends, but I use the same, I do the same practice every single day. I try and do it, um, my current ritual is, 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes at night. Mm. Because my body is very different at those two times of days. And I get like to experiment with how it feels, but it's the same practice.
0: The same poses. The same poses.
1: On the weekends, I do it for an hour at a time
0: when I have time. Because I know my listener, and I know that several of them are, I'm thinking of personally, I'm thinking of certain faces right now. They're going to want to know what the poses are. Yeah. Is it possible for you to share it with us? Sure. Sure okay amazing sure
1: my my practice is what we refer to as a longevity practice okay as i got older my practice changed as you get older your interior life becomes expansive and dimensional and voluminous as your outside life gets smaller and smaller your inside life will really get bigger and bigger and you know just you know i just have to say hormonally you will desire that Hormonally, you'll crave more interior, more alone, more solitary, more really, you have to quiet it all so you can access yourself. And so just as you get older, it really will happen organically. It's not necessarily a decision, although your physiology and your psychology really help you make that decision. So I can't say it's a decision like I'm going to go to the store, but it's a decision. Life persuades us in such subtle, artful ways to become who we are. So my practice now is a longevity practice. I might start um, in a pigeon to a lotus variation, what we call a double pigeon, to a gomakasana, to an upavisa kanasana, but I might stay in those each for 100 breaths. What you do in the postures is really um, the refinement of the practice. For example, when I started my home practice, it started out. To, it actually started out to be about 45 minutes. But what I did in the practice over the years has completely changed. So I will do what I refer to you what our magic square, I magic square my my postures, but now when I go into my plow, which is after all of what I just said, Mm. when I when I go into my plow, I stay in a plow sometimes for 30 minutes. And in the plow, I do um, what we call our reps for rapture, which is like breathing up the front and down the back. Inhale up the front, down the back, or inhale from the left shoulder to the right shoulder and around the back, the breath of time, the breath of the seasons, center and circumference breath, Um, the breath of grace and effort. So we have all of these directions for the breath, and I literally wrap myself in the cocoon of my own breath. So I listen to the sound, I imagine the wrapping, I make them slow, and I change
0: directions, which gives me a wholeness. The interior shift of mind to the body's intelligence, which is what you talk about in the introduction to the book. Yes. I think that's one of the most important teachings. We could kind of stop talking right now and just leave that as the podcast. Yeah. I can't thank you enough for that, and it's what I'm learning through everything else that I'm doing, too. But I definitely uh, have you and Naveen to thank for that distinct awareness. Um, when you talk about doing 100 breaths, 30 minutes in a pose, you talk about the wraps, you talk about the, the cocooning yourself in your own mm-hmm. breath. At the beginning, was it, was it um, I can say for myself, at the beginning of doing that, now it's a lot easier, but it was so, not just scary, it was absolutely impossible to stay for that length of time. Right. I couldn't focus. I couldn't be with myself. You know, we're going back nine years now, 10 years, but it was really uncomfortable. Well, that's why you have to be really kind to yourself. Like okay. If you can do
1: 10 minutes, you'll do 10 minutes, do the same 10 minutes, do the same postures for 10 minutes, light a candle, do it in a specific place in your house, ritualize it so that you elevate the experience... And what you'll find after a while is that you've stayed 11 minutes or you've stayed 12 minutes or, Oh my God, one day you'll say, Oh my God, I've been here for 15 minutes and you don't have to be doing one pose. Of course you can do a whole sequence, but I like the ground of being practice, which is to work deep in the pelvis because it's also, it brings me further into myself rather than going home to be a warrior, which none of us really need because a lot of us are hard workers. We go outside and every time you leave your home, you're being a warrior. And so people don't really need to go home and be a warrior. People need to go home and find themselves because we live in a very stimulating, stimulated environment, even when we're by ourselves, because we live in such a doing culture and our are, are in a seeing culture with the screens and the, and the, um, and all of the ways in which we access information is really through the eyes, through the liver. And so it's a very focused, concentrated, intense, um, acute culture that we live in, especially in our urban environments. So a home practice is the antidote to that. But really what it does is that it enhances that.
0: Hmm. Let's talk about the ties between the interior organs and the peripheral liver and eyes kidneys ears what else the heart the heart is your um is your spirit
1: Mm -hmm. your heart is your speech so heart is all about articulation the stomach is muscle tone but is always it's also the um the capacity to think well and use good judgment pondering masticating lungs. Lungs is grief, sadness, and courage. Inspiration. It's like opening up your windows. So when you have to be, you know, so when you have to, sometimes you want to have a practice that is, um, that spirits you up, you know, whips you up and gets you ready for a, an interview or to get ready for a party or to make a speech or to teach a class. And then maybe you want something that's a little more rousing so you want to make sure you add back bends, which are glimpses of your immediate future. It's a way to get over yourself. It is to open up all your windows, stretch your liver for mm. higher vision. Whereas when you want to write a poem, uh, make a decision, you might want to add, um, forward bends, find your stability, which is all about kidneys. Kidneys are your waters, they are your battery, they are your balance, they are your ancestry, they are your depths and your roots. It is all about being, uh, safe.
0: Kidneys as battery. Talk to us about that.
1: Well, unless your battery is charged, you don't have a sense of well-being and safety. So, uh, the best thing you can do for yourself when you are exhausted is to put yourself in a forward bend so that your kidneys are what is most available. So forward bends are folding over that first joint that gives you your root system, your hips, your first fold, which is your mobility and your stability, which gives you all the balance of being stable, but also being mobile of the legs. Because you really, you don't move forward in life unless you have good hips, good legs. And so that is also part of your um, forward motion.
0: And when you talk about charging the battery through the practice, let's say, and... It's all going to be
1: like being a warrior. You know, being a warrior is like the first... uh, It's like in chess, the first line of defense are your pawns, the warriors. Mm. It's the legwork. It's the structure work. It's setting yourself up for stability. So it's like building a house and making sure you have the foundation.
0: So the first thing, if let's say a listener right now is curious to know, how do I set up a home practice? I want to be really practical about this. Mm -hmm. First thing is legs, mobility, stability. So we're
1: talking about... Plug yourself in. Like plug yourself into the big socket of the earth. So sit with your legs folded or in a pigeon so that you're... Pelvis becomes the foundation of your personal abode Or think of yourself as a vehicle plug yourself in so that you got the key in the ignition to get it going To get your engine revved whether it's to um, whether it's to Get yourself going and energized or calming yourself down. You still need to be stable safe grounded plugged in, so that you have enough tenacity to be with yourself.
0: And once you have that stability, mobility, the sort of physical plane is grounded,
1: then what? Then you have options. Hmm. So then either you can, um, for example, you can do a pigeon and stay in the pigeon for 25 breaths on each side or add variations to the pigeon, which are twists, diagonals, um, bending the back leg to make it even more, uh, to make yourself into a flyer as a pigeon so that you start to elevate it. Also, it makes it, when you grab your back leg, for example, it makes it, uh, into a closed circuit so that you start to move currency instead of just calm yourself down. You want to move currency through your form because the goal of yoga is not to hold poses. It's to move energy through archetypal forms, which, uh, inform the interior, the implicit experience. because what we're doing is creating good geometry, good origami folding in order to have an implicit experience, which is in- information that's implicit, that which is not seen. It's like you know information from the cosmos, thoughts, opinions, ideas, insights. So you're really setting yourself up with the physicality, to have the f- your, all your physiology inform your psychology.
0: It's fun to be in your classes and watch the process of that. That's kind of always what delighted me the most, is looking around the room and seeing how everybody comes in from some different circumstance, mm-hmm. frazzled to completely unlit, like un... Uh, you know, not illumined. Mm -hmm. And by the end, the frazzled one is illuminated and stabilized. The one who had no light is fully lit up from within. And what I always marvel at, and this is true for you and Naveen, you are the same energy. Mm -hmm. I come to your class, it's always the same. It's so reliable. Mm -hmm. There's something so comforting about that. Well, it's really, so it's partly how we come
1: to the room loving the communality. I love the community of shared public space where the mats face each other. So we're not school or the military. We are there for a public communal experience where everybody should be looking at everybody else. Mm. And I always say to people, you know, you're looking at everybody else anyway. Everybody should be watching each other because People have such great little nuggets of how they deal, how they cope, how they express, how they use their grace. We all learn from each other. So uh, I love the communal classes. They give me um, a blast of joy.
0: And the best part is how everyone really does leave there with a little more Mm self-knowledge. Well, that's the material. As close as we are to each other. Yeah. Yeah. The one beef that i have which is known is that there is no shavasana in those classes and i wonder if you could speak to that right well we're kind of glib when we say that that there's no shavasana but mm-hmm. uh,
1: you know the ideal way that i have learned to recharge the battery that i've used in the class is to do a plow or a forward bend okay because i want to um you know we've what we're asking you to do in a class is not do your best. We are asking you to measure up. So we are demanding that you play well in the orchestra, that you leave whatever personal style you have, and instead conform to an archetype, so that it is the doing very much in the class that demands out of the individual, that they play well with others. After a class, whatever residue from all the big public experience that you have, because it is not a private experience. It's a very public communal shared experience where the social aspect is really what is demanded. Even if you don't have to speak, even if you choose not to speak, you are still participating. And so Shavasana is a different, it just has a different goal to do a, um, to do a plow or a forward bend recharging the kidneys, recharging your batteries, refueling yourself, um, really uh, allows you then to unfold yourself and come back out into the world in a very specific way.
0: That does make sense. Although I do love of Asana.
1: Right. It's just a different goal. It's sort of like Bikram has a different goal than ours. Bikram's Mm -hmm. goal in his practice is to make the body into a tourniquet with these tight binds that they have. It's, the, it's a different goal. So they might do uh, an eagle pose in a completely different way than we would do because their goal is different.
0: Right. That makes a lot of sense. So when it comes to let's say the middle of the practice, so you've gotten your seat pigeon, mm-hmm. taken as many breaths as you wish, maybe, maybe now you're moving on to standing postures. Tell us more about where you go from there.
1: In the home practice? Yeah. I don't do standing postures in my home practice. Got it. My home practice is all about being round. So after I do however, what I do do is after I do my sitting split and I do all the variations that I do in there. Mm-hmm, okay. Then I do um, then I do a Supta Varasana. And okay. from a Supta Varasana, I unfold it into four wheels. Uh, from supta virasana into four wheel. You do always do four. That's... I do four. I did three for a while. I've added one, so now I do four. Cute. And um, after the four wheels, then I um, fold and unfold into a lotus, and I do a whole lotus sequence, which is my personal favorite thing. And uh, after my lotus, I do
0: four different plows. Got it. And there are different types of plows.
1: Well, each one will give me a slightly different angle. So, the um, also, I am not loose by nature. So, I have to do all of these to get to the plow that I really want to do, which is um, sleeping, you know, sleeping Buddha, which is when you come through yourself.
0: Got it, with your knees next to your ears,
1: with the knees, with the the arms coming through. And holding on to your ah got it holding on to your heels holding on to your lower back hold on you know your arms so it's an upside down kormasana
0: got it okay
1: got, got it. it so it's a bind uh-huh. so when i come out of that i've done that's that's my fourth. fourth yeah that's my fourth plow copy and then you unfold into lotus and then i unfold that right and then I move to um, either a forward bend, and I stay in a long time because now I've done all of that and I'm really ready
0: to go deep in. To recharge your battery. hmm I think I might have to do a few privates with you at this <laughs> time. Well, this one's in the book. and um, It just sounds so good. I would love your hands on me to show me exactly where to go.
1: It feels wonderful.
0: and mm-hmm. I would love to do that. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. There's a quote that I want to read from the book, if you don't mind. I always love reading people's books when they're here. A self-knowing eventually becomes one's safe haven. A home practice developed over time is like a softening of fabric, which only happens through use, fostering fluency, resiliency, and ease. It is only possible alone where the center expands as one outer world, as one's outer world temporarily diminishes. So that one is occupying space inside, developing its riches of observation, sentience, creativity, sanctuary, and silence. I so appreciate that. Oh. Yeah, I read all your words. <laughs> I so appreciate that. Oh, God. Setting conditions. This is... I, I I don't know, I think this is one of my favorite pages of the book, setting conditions. So how to get there, this esoteric place of serenity. We develop the capacity to create inner sanctity by setting the conditions for this very personal experience of self-care. Setting conditions is like following a recipe. This recipe, a sequence of asanas and breath techniques can be followed, repeated, manipulated, refined and redefined over time. I just like saying those words because they sort of tie the whole thing up in a little bow, Mm -hmm. everything that we've talked about so far.
1: Yes, time knows everything. Say more about that. So in time, revolution happens. In time, revelation happens. In time, you get rounder. You smooth out edges. You have realizations in time. That's why, for example, some people keep diaries and every single day they write it. And with the, um, with the practice of writing every single day, you begin to develop insight. Everything is like that. Yeah. Everything is like that. You know, um, as I come into my sixties and I love my sixties, but I also said that about my 50s. I love my 50s. I love my 40s. Each one seems better and better. And it is through time that you become yourself. And it is true in the practice. Things I couldn't do when I was even in my 40s, easily, I slide into in my 60s.
0: Dude. Really?
1: hmm And that's why, you know, sometimes when older people come to this practice, they catch on much quicker because older people already have several sort of languages that they've had to learn, and I mean languages in, in, a, in, a, in a meta way, mm-hmm. you know, they've had to learn how to develop the capacity to raise a child, they have to develop the capacity to uh, get around things that were difficult, they've got to learn how to manage their money, they've got to learn, you know, lots of languages to learn, that as you get older, you realize things come with more facility.
0: You've learned how to be in relationship. Yes. Probably more than once.
1: That's right. Right. And you, and, and a variety of different ways. So you really, um, become more dimensional just by living. And so it's not that you even have to do much, you know, just the years living, it tells you so much about, you know, how, how time knows everything. Everything comes out in time. Like the expression, everything comes out in the
0: wash. Right. Everything comes out in time. It's funny. I feel the truth of that starting recently. There are three practices in this book, grounding, fluency, and longevity. So you've mentioned that you do the longevity practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, where can we find this book, by the way, just so?
1: You can find this book um, at our studio, our, on, on our website. Thestudio.yoga, T-H-E-S-T-U-D-I-O.yoga. And you can also find it um, in Bedford at our home studio at Naveen studio. Katona Yoga Mm-hmm. in Bedford.
0: Okay. The grounding practice, pigeon, double pigeon, gomukasana, sitting split, frog, forward bend. It's so nice how concise the practices are. And, I mean, I've I've used this for quite some time now, but now I understand how you can do a number of breaths in each posture. You can stay for 10 minutes in each posture. Now I'm starting to really understand it from your... Words, not just from the Yes,
1: and if you come to our, you know, our our workshops, our trainings, whatever, we will talk more about what you are doing inside yourself. Because it's very hard Mm. to go inside and have an experience. You need a way in. You need a a, a leader yourself that is going to bring you in, your imagination. You need things to do in there so that... It is not arduous because you don't want to make something that's going to cause anxiety or be emotionally arduous. You want to be able to, you know, that's why these formal poses are the best way to restore energy because when poses are informal, where you just flop over a blanket, it really causes anxiety. What you really want to do is to be held. We all want to be held, soothed, supported have ourselves hold our own back. So, uh, you know, mother ourselves well. Th- these are recipes for that. And it's a difficult thing to do. But we will give, you know, c- counting breaths is the one ritual first, which is beautiful because numbers are archetypes. So for example, you can breathe to your age. You can breathe to your children's age. You can take each number and make a, a visual association. There's so many ways to play with
0: numbers. So that you're not sitting inside of your head, making up stories and movies and causing yourself anxious. Right. So you're not making up negative
1: fantasies. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But that you really are soothing your own soul, feeding your own heart, beginning to know yourself. There are lots of things to do. We do this other exercise, which is cross-referencing. And you can cross-reference your whole body. You can wrap yourself in a cocoon of your breath. You can count your breaths. You can. There's so much to do. You can magic square yourself. It is a, a, a magical heartbeat of the planet.
0: I wish we could, um, you'll come back anyway. I wanna talk more about the magic square, but I think that what we're on to right now is just defining the fact that when you're in the postures, you're, Abby's work And the work of Katana Yoga in general overall is to create factual, instructive recipes for what you're doing in the silence of your own experience when you're in the postures in order to literally heal yourself of any misunderstandings that you've accrued over time. Or injuries. Or injuries.
1: Or diseases. Right. Or conundrums that all come from an emotional
0: place. The fluency practice is about generating heat, rousing the body, yielding greater facility in all its forms, as well as a way to access nimbleness in body, mind, and imagination. So in this practice, you set up your frame on all fours. Cat cow with wrist variations. Cat cow with gomukasana legs. That's one of my favorites. Literally every day it's caused me such happy hips. Downward dog series where you're holding one heel. Uh, your hang series, where you're holding your heels and coming through and over, soup de vera. There's your wheel series, and then the plow. Right. This is one of my favorites.
1: Yes, this one's more about the leg work, and um, when you make your body more, as I said in the book, nimble, your mind becomes more nimble. Right. The physiology gives rise to the psychology. So anything you're doing in your body, you're doing in your mind anyway. When you do it consciously, you create more possibilities for yourself.
0: Amen. And here's your longevity practice, finally. Plow is where you start, knees Mm -hmm. and armpits, into the forward bend. And in the book, uh, Abby has a strap around you, if you're listening, with a block on your head in the forward bend. And the strap is wrapped around the medius part of your thigh, around your middle back. Then you go plow next to your ears, so it's a deeper, back into the forward bend strapped up. Plow knees above head, deeper still. And then into Janusir Shasana with all the variations, which is, uh, this is where Abby does, you do your Upavishta Konasana there. The bridge pose on the block, which is really nice, highest height. Couple different variations there that I love: the fish, on block or two blocks, with your um, arms crossed, eagle uh, Garudasana style, and then of course reverse Namaste, which by the way is such a pleasure for me now. Oh, it's
1: so it's so difficult for people. It takes a long time. So we have variations in class. Yeah,
0: I teach it all the time. time, pretty much anytime I teach any sort of immersion, I teach the the whole arm sequence. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, it is like my favorite thing to teach because you watch people in 10 minutes make a huge shift. And in the last nine years, I now have a right arm that goes up my back, which never happened. This was like, I I had written it off. (laughs) I was like, yeah, 40 years old. I was like, my right shoulder is never going to work right again. I'm good. It's okay. Right. Your broken wing. No No reverse. Namaste for me. Oh my God. My broken wing. But now it works perfectly fine. Uh, the section after those three practices in the home practice book is called Staying With Yourself. One of the most difficult conundrums of practicing with oneself is how to harness the mind. So we've kind of just covered this, but it's really nice to see. Um, those of you who are visually oriented, too, you'll love this book. There's a section on counting your breaths, on centered circumference visualization, cross-referencing yourself, as uh, Abby just mentioned. And there is mention of the magic square so you'll see that in here as well um and then just how to use the book which is really nice too the simplicity it just feels so japanese this book is so appreciated like it doesn't i don't leave without this book and i wrap it in fabric you see what in good shape it is yes it's amazing just a couple little nicks on the corners Mm -hmm. but i wrap it in fabric and i bring it with my little my little prayer bundle i swear it's so cute so I have my two first notebooks from you, and I thought it might be fun before I ask you the three questions that I ask every guest to just open up in one one page of each one and see what we find. There are gonna be treasures in here for my next round of teaching. Okay, January 13th, 2014. Abby, back bends, lungs, thighs, liver, eyes. Open up so energy moves better lungs filling equals kidneys functioning. Dog armpits to heart. Think crisscross to find perineum, perineum of hand. So you're having us do the magic square on the palm of the hand. Mm-hmm. If you're listening, take your hand and look at the palm of your hand. And she's having us do the magic square of the hand to actually find the perineum, the pelvic floor of the hand.
1: Right. Or even easier, you can find the index finger knuckle to the outer wrist and the baby finger knuckled to the inner wrist and that just crisscrossing the hand you find x marks the spot which is the perineum of the palm
0: then you had us go to the balls of feet mm-hmm. strength structure stability those are my notes the next note i have is pigeon first floor ground of being mm-hmm. down then up use the blanket to create closed circuit and free flow Double pigeon, or lotus if possible, on the blanket, roots your seat down, pubis comes forward, that's your potential, all right angles. I love looking at my old notes. Oh, I just love it so much because, and then I wrote C pics from January 13th, 2014, they're probably still in my phone. I have pages and pages and pages like this, and every time I go away to teach, I just open it up, I take a few notes, and I have everything I need. Let's open the second one before I ask you the questions. This one's Naveen. Oh, this was she was reading someone else's body. So I'll pass through that. Oh, this is great. Great way to end it actually polarity pattern and repetition. Mm -hmm. Three universal principles of all esoteric dialogue. Every up has a down. Know how to be in the middle,
1: right? Because it's you mediating how much up to how much down? How much in to how much out? How much lunar to how much solar? It's you as the person who's stellar. Your soul mediates all polarity. Not that there's yin and yang. It's you in it. I go up. I go down. I go forward. I go back.
0: I find my potential. I use my memory as well. When it comes to pattern, I noted day night in X all has equal intelligence, right? Nature's um, intelligence is seen through its
1: pattern. So the pattern in leaf, the pattern in jade, the pattern in a tree, the pattern in wood, the pattern of the seasons, the pattern of your period. So, so many patterns in nature shows how intelligent and perfect nature is.
0: And we are part of nature. And then repetition, The more you repeat something, the more potential you have for mastery. Yes. The more facility you have to develop good technique. Right.
1: That's why um, to have joy is a technique. Tell us more about that. Well, there are recipes for joy, and there are recipes for disaster. There are recipes for everything, and the recipe for joy is to be well-adjusted. So if you're good at something and you've done it over and over and over again, you enjoy it, it gives you joy, it gives you confidence, it gives you empowerment. And if you, you know, I always give the example in class, if you want me to come over for dinner, you wouldn't just throw shit in a bowl, you would (laughs) use a recipe and then we'd have joy. So
0: joy has a technique to it. Right. Three questions I ask every guest. The first one is what in your life needs some sort of healing or mitigation right now.
1: Right now? Mm-hmm. Okay. What, need, what in my life needs healing right now?
0: It can be something in the surrounding environment. What does that mean? It can be anything. Anything that you're perceiving needs healing right now. life is very good. That is such a good answer. Mm-hmm. You can pass and say, you know what? I'm cool.
1: I, I I have to say that since I got into my sixties, life's grand. I am so happy with my work. I'm mm-hmm. so happy with my studio. I'm so loving my students. I'm happy with my children. I love where I live. Um, I love my family. My twin sister and I are like gonna get old together. And I, you know, I the light, you know, life isn't half full or half empty. It's just awesome. That. Is the best answer. Well, it's a true one. Wow! Oh. Really, I love how I I love how I spend time. I just wish light days were longer. Yeah,
0: I get that. Second question: What's your favorite view? What's my favorite view? And this can go in any. It which can be direction. any in any way.
1: You know, I I have to say, I as I get older, I I know, like I keep that's my view. From here, from sixty four, I am looking and seeing not my past. I'm seeing all the windows that I have portals to see things through. Like I love music. I love psychoanalysis. I love to read. I love yoga. I love the windows through which I can get my insights, good feelings, um, make more connections. And it's really out of that that I want to do
0: more and more of like everything that I do. Have you seen the book Come of Age by Stephen Jenkinson yet? No. That's an important one, I think.
1: Oh, I would love that. Yeah. Come of age?
0: Come of age. We are the elders in training. Oh, well, I love that. And I love being an elder. Yeah, because there aren't many. I see you as one, even though you're not so much older than me, but I do see you as one. And I feel... Oh, I'm quite a bit older than you. You know, also... You don't feel it, though. I, I, I mean, I respect you beyond yeah. so deeply, but I don't feel like you're that much older than me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My yes. mother was 69 when she died. I don't even feel like you would be... I mean, you could be my mother, but you would have had to have been a teenager. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. You couldn't really be my mom.
1: Right. Well, I consider you a peer in terms of who you are as a human being instead of the chronological age that you are because you have amazing wisdom. I, I also will say that... Um, I love, like, I'm I'm just finishing um, Michelle Obama's book. It's so good. It's so good. And really, she really, the book really, uh, the thing I like about it, because I'm also doing a lot of writing right now, we're making a, Alex and I are also writing right now a book on
0: restorative yoga. You know, I still have all those entries all of your entries no that's for the next book yeah i'm on top of that like I'm i have so them all happy. filed they're they're in a document that's going
1: to be the one that's most personal to
0: me the one that you have The if one. you're listening i had before abby wanted to write anything i basically had her write to me anonymously with no one's name recounts of her privates and the process and progress that she was seeing in her private clients and why and how and so it was from a physical perspective physiological structural psychological it was tremendous work and I, as i would read them i would cry i would laugh and i would file and i would do a little bit of editing and then i put them in a document and i don't know when they're going to get finished but i cannot wait i will be happily honored that's going to be, a gonna be the
1: one that's like really closest to me <clears throat> because when you make contact with somebody like that yeah Um, It's so um, uh, sacred to them, to me, what comes out, the third thing that happens, Mm. which is that implicit experience of their insight.
0: Yeah. The third question, what does prayer mean to you?
1: Um, Prayer to me is the capacity that I have developed with age to be with myself in the most private, powerful way that only came with time. Listening to really what is inside me, myself, with myself, with everything around me, with everything I've learned, with everything that is um, available to me, and to be able to use it to my very personal advantage that it is really d- just being, being, aim- being able to be, um, more fully present authentically, honestly, with all my doubts and fears and conundrums, but to really be able to be with all of that and, um, have joy.
0: Hmm. There's so many more things I want to unpack, but I think this is a great place to stop. You're coming back. First of all, I have other things I need to talk about with you, but I think this is great. I want to say thank you. And if you're listening and want to know more, the studio, dot And when you come to New York, you're going to come to 302 Bowery, which is where Abby teaches. Um, Just let me know when you're coming, and I'll meet you for class." And all the other teachers at the studio are tremendous, just tremendous. So many um, hours of commitment and care that have gone into their work, and so you could drop in there any time, doesn't have to be Abby, it can be anybody, and take class. You'll be so happy you did, such a different conversation, uh, different language, and really all all benefit so thank you for listening thank you for being here i love you thank you so much so much AG1 for sponsoring the Practice You podcast. My listener, you've been hearing me talk about AG1 for some time. I think I've been taking it daily for almost three years. 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens in one scoop in the morning. The best way to start your day supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus. And longevity, the conversation of the moment. The taste is delicious. It's suitable whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar. No nonsense in here at all. It's a multivitamin that your body will actually absorb. If you are wanting to make an investment in your health and longevity, AG1 costs you less than $3 a day. Far less expensive and definitely less time consuming than many different supplements. Reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient, delicious daily nutrition. And since you listen to the Practice You podcast, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one year supply of immune boosting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Elena. Once again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash E-L-E-N-A. Take ownership of your health, my listener. And thank you, Athletic Greens and AG1.